I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets. You are listening to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Hornady Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Swerzik. Today, across the table, Assistant Director of Engineering, Joe Tiedlin, and to my right, Marketing Director, Neil Davies. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks again. Good thanks, to be Seth. here. Now, we're just going to jump right into it because, you know, we've we've done a whole series of podcasts about ballistic study, and in in there, we sprinkled in some hunting topics because you get right just south of September, and a the switch gets flipped yeah. internally and it's all we focus on and it's all we're talking about and it's big game hunting and western hunting and eastern hunting and whitetails and mule deer and elk and it's it's pandemonium well now we're on the backside of that we're on the on the in the winter of our hunting season and it's january but that doesn't mean the hunting stops and in fact this is actually some people's favorite time of year because the coyotes the bobcats the the predators the varmints uh, this is a fun time of year to hunt, especially if you're into coyote hunting. Uh, when it gets cold, you get snow on the ground. And we haven't done a deep dive for a while. So with you guys here, let's dive right into the VMAX bullet or the Varmint Maximum Bullet, as it was eloquently called early on in its day. Walk us through, guys, some of the early things that you remember. Now, this bullet actually predates both of your, your tenure here at Hornady. Yeah, I was, uh, a, I was a college kid back in those days. Joe, was, what was you doing? Joe, you were in I was shooting elementary v- school. I was shooting VMAXs when I was in high school, actually, yeah. when they came out in Wyoming at Prairie Dogs and Coyotes. Yeah, well, let's talk about those early days and what you guys remember about that. So, my first experience with the VMAX was out of a 22-250 shooting the 55 grain, which was like the first one they built on mm-hmm. when I got here. So, you got to back up and then fast forward. They built it on press A2. It's this gray press they had out there. And it was like, man, I used to shoot those bullets, the first ones that come off that press. So I learned wow. that later in life. But yeah, I started shooting them, reloading them in a 22-250 in Wyoming for prey dogs and coyotes and foxes. And yeah. At the speed others. of sound or the speed of light? Uh, in between. In between. It's like 3,600 3, feet, whatever, yeah. whatever, 35, 30, yeah. know, the normal 26-inch barrel, so it zipped them out there. Wow. Yeah, I still remember when they came out. I mean, it it fast became the the varmint hunting bullet. You know, I mean... Before that, Hornady had the SX, the super explosive, and, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the premise. The premise was to have a bullet that wasn't going to ricochet. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the SX was, was the basis for it. And then now, obviously, the VMAX was the same, but the inclusion of the polymer tip means that that bullet's just really volatile. And that was the goal. It, it was obviously to, you know, primarily for prairie dogs back in the day, coyote hunting was still a thing, of course, but it was for all varmints, but prairie dogs was kind yep. of the 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 quarry de jure of mm-hmm. of that time and the company steve you know we used to do a lot of prey dog shoots and we still do a fair number but like it was a bigger deal well back the, then. the numbers have gone down considerably which is desirable but in the terms of shooting them you know around sure. here growing up i grew up 70 miles away there was prey dogs around there and there it is ghost towns now. for sure but so. the goal was to have a bullet that would Go into a prairie dog, you know, what is that, four inches or so, mm-hmm. you know, not a very big animal, and have yeah. as much of that bullet just disintegrate so it doesn't carry on. And the same if it hits the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the goal. So it's not designed for deep penetration or anything like that, real thin jacket. But the inclusion of the polymer tip then aids with that rapid expansion. Yeah. No. So Dave Emery, our senior ballistic scientist of the time, he began with the company, I believe, in 1994. And the, the 94, 95 time frame is when this project was being developed. 
Yeah. Um, so he had a obviously you know a super heavy hand in that. And this, if I'm not mistaken, was Hornady's first tipped bullet. Yeah, I mean there was that and the SST. Um, you know our our friends in Bend, Oregon had come out with their tip bullet at the same kind of time. Yeah, frame, early so. or excuse me, late eighties is yep. when like the nozzle ballistic yep. tip came out. So then this was our foray into it, and I mean Jason Hornady has some good comments on it because he was he he had a lot. You know he he was around back then. I think he was probably still he was probably selling stuff at that point in time, and he he knew it was going to be a big hit. Mm-hmm. So and and it did become a big hit. Well, it's cert- yeah, it's certainly. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't around in 1994. I was a kindergartner. I can't speak to it's out of the gate success, but I can tell you growing up shooting in 223 Remington is a 55 grain VMAX. Yeah. For and sure. it's, it became one of those just so common. It, you didn't even think about it. It's kind of like a through eight Winchester. If you've got a 168 grain match bullet with Varget and it doesn't shoot good, the gun's broken. Just like the Creedmoor, the 140 ELD match. Well, that that 223 with the 55 grain VMAX became that standard. Where yeah. if that that load doesn't work, there's something wrong with it because that bullet has taken more prairie dogs, more coyotes. It's probably the number one match bullet. Uh, you know, I don't have any numbers to support this, but it is probably the number one match bullet. Yeah, or not for, match bullet. Excuse for me, varmint, 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 for varmint. Bullets, yeah, yeah. It, you know, obviously we don't know what everybody else is selling but right. i would have to agree with you it it's it's the dominant varmint projectile that's out there yeah so um, let's talk a little bit about the design we've got joe here he he went through probably every area of engineering that we have over you know your tenure here uh from a de- design standpoint what does the jacket look like and the the tip and how does that all form up together and what are we looking like for the terminal performance yeah so basically um it's a thin jacketed tipped projectile designed for accuracy and volatile term- terminal performance, which we touched on earlier. So it's a, there's no interlock in it. Um, it's made from a thin cup. Um, and then the tip is inserted in there with a cavity below the tip. All those things that make the, all the VMAXs uh, very volatile uh, when they impact. So they yeah, normally, nothing, nothing there to there's nothing, limit expansion, control no. expansion. It's it's again it's, for rapid fragmentation. Yep, and sure. then built and built for speed. Amp jackets. Yeah, yeah let's oh, talk about the amp absolutely. jacket because that's something that we advertise, but not everybody quite understands mm. that process. And it's not necessarily a product as much as it is a process. Oh, so Joe, that's exactly what it the is. The Vmax bullets. Let's talk about the accuracy and then those amp jackets and how those two play together. Sure. So the well, we'll touch on the, the accuracy of the VMAX is, obviously, as people know, World it's, stellar. Renowned. it's stellar. I mean, we shoot groups in the tunnel downstairs at 100 yards out of 223s, 2250s, triple deuces, you know, the stuff that you would normally shoot them out of, 243, that are routinely in the twos and threes. Yeah. So we're talking 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3, and that's five shots, a um, couple of five shot groups at 100 yards. So they, they routinely shoot what we would call just single hole, one hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the what makes that possible a, a big part of it is the the amp jacket we just call it amp for advanced manufacturing process but what that is is when you're when you're building a cup and core bullet and you're drawing the jacket from the cup so you're taking a cereal bowl and turning it into a a, a cup a taller you know glass if you will mm-hmm. tube how you turn the cup from the cup into the tube the steps you you use to get there matter and for lack of a better term, that's the definition of 
amp it's jackets our, it's is our, it's how our, you get there. It's mm-hmm. our seven herbs and spices. It's our Coca-Cola syrup recipe. It's, it, yeah. you know, how we do that how is kind of proprietary is, to us. But, you know, it, it, it matters in the tooling. It matters in the process itself. Um, there's some other secretive things that, that take yeah. place there. But, and that's what gives us a bullet with virtually zero runout. So, I mean, that's the foundation yeah. for all so accuracy the, right there the, is a bullet that, because, I mean, the, if people have listened to many of our podcasts, they probably figured it out by now. But, you know, if you have a non-concentric uh, jacket, right, well, that lead is going to push into any of the areas that might not be concentric or mm-hmm. have a void or something like that. Well, now you have a bullet that doesn't have a good center of gravity, and that leads to accuracy yeah. issues. So by being with zero, uh, practically zero run out, you start with a great foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at the speeds these things run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So And so that's the goal right there is the amp jacket the process is to draw the jacket out in the most concentric way possible that induces the least amount of stress to the jacket yeah. uh, so that draws out true and, true and for those listening kind of a a decent analogy would be if you if you grabbed a baseball and threw a four seam fastball at 100 miles an hour versus an egg-shaped baseball and tried to shoot yeah, you know yeah. throw a four seam fastball it wouldn't spin the same it wouldn't spin true and that's not going to go where you aim it and then the faster you throw it, the worse, the worse it's it going to get. So, like you had mentioned, Joe, with your twenty-two two fifty at the speed of light, um, if it isn't perfectly circular, starting with the jacket, it will never shoot accuracy. And I think uh, shoot accurately. Excuse me. In my experience with them, professionally and and completely rec- recreationally, these are as accurate as any match bullet I've ever shot. Oh, certainly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So with no way to control the expansion, we don't recommend them for really anything else but punching paper or right. punching varmints. varmints. Yeah. And one thing we didn't touch on, you know, Neil Neil alluded to it early on when he's like, well, the goal was to um, upset the bullet as much as possible in a four-inch prey dog. Well, then you take it to the guy, like when, when I started out there, coyotes were worth quite a bit of money mm-hmm. or foxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now you could take these VMAXs and shoot coyotes and never have an exit. Yeah, because normally those are a mess. You know, you got to sew them up and stuff. Yeah, but now you shoot coyotes and you have a two-two-four diameter entrance hole and nothing coming out. It was perfect for keeping the fur. We're, yeah. we're great, yeah. and they're probably dead right there. Every coyote I've shot with the Vmax uh, that I've put the bullet, you know, in the in, oh, in yeah. the vitals, yeah. it was folded them up yeah. in a hurry. Yeah, and having skinned a lot of those coyotes and foxes, when the bullets don't exit, it is like a, it's like you took a big softball or a grapefruit and it's like that big of a bruise i mean it's all yeah, blood you know hemorrhaging but it, it tissue you skin them and you're like yeah there's where all the bullet expansion happened is right there beautiful and that that explanation there is exactly why we don't recommend them for any larger game hunting yeah um, yeah right. they were never intended not not designed yeah. and intended for it a lot of that would be the jacket thickness um that jacket is going to come apart in a hurry, especially at high velocity. Absolutely. And there's no way to control it. Now, uh, on our hunting bullets, those jackets are tapered uh, largely. So you'll get faster expansion up front where it's thin, but then that jacket gets thicker to slow that expansion down. And that is just not a feature on the VMAX bullet. No, when you shoot the VMAXs into gelatin and, you know, look at them, you are literally looking at pieces. Yeah. And that's why they don't rick. You know, he was talking about ricocheting. They don't, when you hit something and it turns them to pieces... Those little pieces have no mass, so they... Yeah, three or four grains a piece. Yeah, and they don't go very far. Yeah, precisely. So, and so, then, you know, flat bases on quite a few of them. So, I mean, you know, if, so, they, if that, that makes them easier to get to 
the sheet and sheet accurately. Yeah, and some of that is the arrows. Yeah. So 2250 is a 14 twist, same with the triple deuce. And we had to make the VMAXs work in mm -hmm. all of those twist, twist rates that have been around for 50 years. So that's yep. why the 55 is a flat base. But then you get down to the 50 and the 52 and, and the, the 40. 40. Yeah, they got that little boat tail on them to try to help them a little bit aeroballistically, but... Um, they, and, they can they can have a boat tail. Yeah, and that boat tail you still drop a little weight out of the back end of the bullet too. So I mean, there's a lot to that design. Yeah. Make them easier to load. Uh, one thing I loaded That's forty exactly. grain V maxes for a little while for a, a two two three Remington, and I hated. And I'm not a big guy. I don't have big hands or fingers, no, but fitting the picking up that, that <laughs> tiny bullet oh, and yeah. getting it up in there just right, and then seating the bullet uh, to do that with a flat base is it's know, a little harder. It yeah. is much more difficult, especially mm -hmm. when you're trying to kick out. And that's why, like, rounds. in some cases, there might be, like, a there's a there's a bit of a boat tail. It's more like a cosmetic boat tail, and it helps with loading. Loading. Yep. Sure. And those boat tails on some of them probably help with that that low-speed BC to try to help them buck the wind a little bit better. Yeah, and maintain just any any velocity we can maintain downrange with the VMAX is added, you know, terminal performance or splat factor, as a lot of people call it. <laughs> yeah, splat for sure. factor. <laughs> so uh, these bullets started life. In the in the mid to late nineties, as twenty two cal specific, but then it spanned. Gosh, up to what do we make? Thirty six fives, thirties, yeah, like thirty one tens. Yeah, so we go For all sure. the way down to seventeen, yeah, and all the way up to thirty cal. So if you're a varmint hunter and you've got a gun, it's a very good chance we make a Vmax bullet for it. Yeah, and like you know, and it has. It's it's taken over. It's become the the dominant varmint bullet, which is obviously great for us but it it's based on its performance yep. you know and it just does a it does that really really well yeah, highly highly a highly accurate projectile that's going to give you no exit or mm -hmm. bouncing or anything so like i think of culling that we've talked about before yeah exceptional bullet for that kind of stuff that is you know probably one of the most used yeah, the bullet. 87 grain mm. VMAX in South Africa is really popular, but they're, oh, sure. they're shooting head shooting in the head. The small animals. Yeah, it's for, so they're they harvesting need, meat, selling the meat, all that type of stuff. So they need so. a highly accurate bullet that isn't going to, because they're in herds, yep. and they yeah. don't want to punch through on anything. Yeah, so no ricochet. A lot of times do. they do it at night, but yeah, it's, and, and for that application, it's it's obviously really Yeah, good. well, if you think about, you know, culling these animals, you want, and they're selling it for meat, you don't want any meat damage, nope. any any lead, so... If it's meant to just dis, dis unleash all of its energy within four inches of penetration, you put one in the ear of a uh, of an animal like that. Yeah, and like internationally, it's it's definitely used for some of those purposes. We just don't we don't promote it for that application because sure. well, it's not really larger, common here in America. No, and larger animals, you know, you need to have penetration. Penetration Absolutely. is key. Expansion, uh, all that, fantastic. Uh, but man, you need penetration and. You're not going to get that with the VMAX. No, no. There's three things for terminal performance, shot placement, penetration, and then the third one is expansion. But certainly uh, like with some of the smaller ungulates, like roe deer, things like that in, in Europe and other animals of that size, right. muntjac, maybe even some of the little tiny tan or, you know, a uh, little, little game like that in Africa, ball rebuck, uh, clip springer, dick dick, all those types of things. Sure, VMAX would be fine. Put it right behind the shoulder, but well, yeah, stay waiting. away from the shoulder bone, you know, yeah. that, then you're going to... And those animals you just mentioned are, in a lot of cases, smaller than a coyote. Yeah. Oh, so, absolutely. I mean, they are they are probably six inches, mm -hmm. seven, eight inches wide, I suppose, you yeah. know. 
So that will that would do it in there. But again, we just don't promote it for that application, particularly not in the states. All our sure. animals are much bigger. Yeah, much bigger, and there's not we're we're not selling wild game for consumption. So no, it's not and like those are in like in South Africa, they're doing it's it's yeah they're 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 meat harvesting. They mm-hmm. have to control the game populations on their farms, obviously, because that a lot of them are active sheep farms and things like that, and the springbok breed quite quite rapidly. But they're doing headshots. Mm-hmm. So. We talked about the high-speed application of these bullets, where most of the varmint cartridges, the 22-250, the 204 Ruger, 243 Winchester, some of those, I mean, they're really hot rods. They're screaming out there, and they're blistering fast. Now, these bullets, what are we looking at from a velocity standpoint uh, for an expansion? Because obviously, they have to hold up to those super high sure. uh, velocities. What's the bottom end look like? So, you can, anything above, you know, that... 22, 2400 feet per second, you're going to get violent expansion. They're going to expand, you know, they'll do something below that 2000 ish, but it won't be quite as violent. Dramatic. You know, yeah. yeah. And those tips, you know, I've shot a bunch into gel uh, as well. And those tips will, will set that bullet open as low as, gosh, 1600 feet per second, but you don't get that you know, dramatic, dramatic type of, of dispatching of the animal or, or uh, expelling of the energy. Yeah, certainly. And, and you got to have it, right? I mean, that that's that's the, the most important part of this projectile. It's just that rapid transfer of energy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, this is anecdotal, but uh, went on a, a prairie dog shoot last year, and it was just, it's in, it was in paradise is where it was. We'd come up over this hill, we drove to the center of this prairie dog town, and you could shoot probably to 1,000 yards in some areas further than that in 360 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, it was just nuts. Uh, yeah, the, the, the ranch itself was something stupid, a made up number, like 50,000 acres. Uh, but on the, on the, on the chunk that we were on, I think it was a contiguous, like 10,000 acres and man, it was just crazy. So we had a Smith and Wesson performance center revolver, uh, eight inch barrel in 17 HMR. Oh, cool. And so, you know, what started out as a novelty, you get, you get five or six dudes standing around everything's a competition yeah for sure so it quickly turned Ooh. into how close you could shoot <laughs> something with a 17 hmr uh revolver and then also how far and uh i'm going on that same trip uh this summer presumably and i'm gonna get little trophies uh made oh, up that's because good. that's good because it, it again it was everything's a competition so we were doing spot and stock prairie dog hunting yeah. with a revolver okay. which was where you're creeping through the prairie of wyoming <laughs> using little rocks and sagebrush and you don't wiggle out over here and i think the closest shot was 18 yards and <laughs> and at 18 yards even out of a revolver at about 1400 feet per second it was still just good pop. whacked them yeah you mm-hmm. popped them you could see they bloated up just yeah it was not on the, as on the opposite spectrum we had some people come out here one time and we took them out to go shoot some prairie dogs up north with Doug Derner back mm-hmm. in the day. And I remember shooting prairie dogs at like 300 with the 17 HMR. <laughs> There's not much, not much lead in that pencil at that point in time. So you, you weren't exactly sure you hit the prairie dog and it would kind of walk down the hill and just kind of wobble like it was drunk or something then fall over. So yeah. yeah, that's the opposite end of the spectrum. So at that range with the 17 HMR, it's, it's not... It's not very expansive. That bullet no, is not no, giving no. up a lot of energy. You're no. not getting much. But yeah, that those little VMAX bullets, even at 1,400 was enough at 18 yards to, to open it up. Like you said, on the flip side, then we, we were competing who can get the furthest shot. 
And I think I had one at like 158, and I forget who beat me, but somebody ended up with like a 181-yard shot. With the revolver. And so we're all with binoculars watching this. So he shoots, and then you hear it hit, and it was a big stander up on the mound, and it just hit him center mass. Big stander. And it hit him center mass with just like a dull thump. Yep. And he just stood there, and then it was just very slowly just fell backward. Just <laughs> It was so undramatic, but... Uh, just remember you you don't go to you don't go to hell for cheating prairie dogs. You go to hell for laughing when they do the aerobatics. Just remember that. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, that uh that that bullet at 18 yards out of a revolver, not a whole lot of of shock and awe, but but enough and then yeah, you stretch it out there. And then to go with the gun, yeah, you shoot a rifle at 300 yards. There's not a lot, but you could do it the accuracy. The accuracy's there. It's like a match bullet. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, and the 17 HMR, uh, you know, that, look, I mean, numerically, we sell just piles of 17 HMR. It's a rimfire, it's easy to shoot, and it's fun. But that was a another little advent. That was a neat little bullet that came out and really kind of helped propel the VMAX even further. Oh, for sure. Coupled then a year or two later with the 204 Four. Ruger, um, which, at that what's that, 05, I think? So, the yeah, 17 had- HMR was 05. 304, it was right I think. before I started, and then the 204 was like 204 is like when I started. Our, me too. Yeah, yep. and that was you know we were we were still working that over in a big way. Yeah. So the 17 HMR, like you mentioned, Neil, that that had to do a world of good just for the popularity of this of the VMAX bullet. Not that it needed a whole lot of help, but that very quickly became the go-to 17 HMR, 17 grain bullet. Um, people shoot foxes. I've I know people who have shot coyotes with it, but for prairie dogs and yeah. ground squirrels ground and squirrels, stuff like that, are you kidding me? So fun. Is it get any funner than that? Well, you know, you go on a coyote shoot, or sorry, a prairie dog shoot. It's like you're 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 doing prairie dog golf, right? So yeah. you, you know, you don't go golfing with with one uh, pole oh, or one stick one or whatever pole. they're called. Yeah, you don't golf either. <laughs> yeah, neither uh, do club, I. Excuse the me, club. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I mean, you start oh. off with a 17 HMR for the close shots, and you go to something like a 223. 2250, 220 Swift, something like this. Yep. And then, then you really air it out with something else, you know, Six yeah. Creed, something like that, whatever. Well, I'm sure you guys have been on them, but when you're on a good dog town, you need to have multiple rifles. Yeah, because this, this barrel gets hot, then this barrel gets hot, and then so you just yeah. got to cycle through your yeah through your guns. Yeah, it so. is. It's kind of like golf in that regard. That is true. I would say the 17 HMR for me, I went to Walmart and bought a $160 Marlin and Hornady yeah. ammo, and it shot every bit as good as the hundred dollar scope that i had on there yeah. that i, I could see little, through i have a little savage works great yeah the it little bull barrel on it and it shoots under a minute at 100 yards when the wind's not blowing and that was, that was a big advent for the company though i Absolutely. mean that was a, a rimfire cartridge that was just something we'd never done before so that was a that was a big one we owe a lot to mr dave emery yeah Maybe we'll get him on this podcast one day. Yes. Yeah. I just spoke to him on the phone. <laughs> just spoke to him on the phone before this. So Dave, if you're listening, you know, for our conversation. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, healing up now and uh, completely retired now from his professional work. So he's doing some outdoor writing and uh, going to do some traveling with his wife and, you know, stop at Hornady to. And his son works for us. Yes. Works yep. for you, right, Joe? Yeah. Yep. Kurt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He's got he's got ties here still, and he will be in that chair eventually. And boy, we is gotta, that how it's gonna have to go? Yeah, we're gonna rake <laughs> him over the coals. <laughs> okay, yeah. We tried we tried to get him remotely, and just not working out. No, so. and and to be to be fair, I think the listener would lose out on something by not having him here because when you're in the environment, and you're sitting around the table, 
things just get pulled out of you. And the next thing you know, it's 30 minutes later and, and you know, you're regurgitating things that happened 20 years ago that you, mm-hmm. that you forgot about. That'll be a long one. You're going to have to schedule a bathroom break in the middle of that. I'm going to have to schedule more like two or three days because yeah. we'll have to do, gosh, we got a There's lot of a lot topics of for him. Knowledge yeah. So before that devolves. Now we talked a lot about the design, its application. We've, we've, we've obviously, you know, shared some short stories, but I want to go around the table and open up the, the golf club bag of your arsenal. What are your favorite cartridges to shoot the VMAX bullet from and, and for? Oh, boy. So, obviously, I'm gonna, I have to pick a 22-250 because that's what I started with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a lot of memories shooting a lot of critters with a 55 VMAX out of 22-250. But, but that was, I mean, that, and sorry to jump in there, but, like, man, that is... And always has been and probably always will be like the coyote hunter's cartridge you know i mean it's just historically been you know it's what you had yeah, you it's, know it's kind of a standard i yeah. think is what's you know people measure against a 22 250 with a 55 mm-hmm. you know does it kill as good as 2250 is it flat is flat you know the trajectory yeah. and all those things um but then again, I love my two two three. I mean, what's not to love, especially now, day and age, coyote hunting with an AR fifteen. Yeah. I mean, well, is, I was teeing this up for you, Joe, and it, you might have gotten there, but I'll just toss you this one. Uh, I was hoping you'd say two two three, and we we could devolve a little bit into the fifty three grain Vmax yeah. specifically. Well, I was that's where I was headed with that because I love that. I mean, let's that's what I shoot that. now out of my mm-hmm. AR fifteen is the two two three fifty three grain super performance. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the the precipitous moment where you ran with the 53 grain and talk us through you know why that bullet was being designed and and then how you use how it. we mm-hmm. well i can remember the day that we talked about it i mean yeah. it was neil and i were talking about bullets and products and this and that and he's like why I, yeah i've done like a i think i went with les johnson and we went yeah. hunting and Let's, came back and it was you know i used an ar and it's like man i think we should do something here you you ask you were like what can we do to get a little more performance out of my AR for hunting coyotes with VMAC. And I'm like, man, we, the only thing we, you can't do anything to the ammo. The ammo was the ammo. You know, we had the, the powder in the case and all that. So obviously we attacked the bullet like we normally do. Mm-hmm. And that's what spawned the 53. So you basically took a 223 chamber, the twist rate, everything, and you laid out a bullet that was the most aerodynamically efficient projectile you could get in a 223 at that. 50 to 55 grains because everybody knows as you said earlier it just works Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the envelope that we use that to design and then obviously we put the the same jackets and the tips all the stuff we talked about earlier the Mm -hmm. construction is the same but that's where it spawned was a con i don't remember what we were doing we were in your office just like like all good projects we've come up with around here i mean it all comes from somebody's interest in making something better for their own application, I guess. Absolutely. You were out hunting. You're like, how do we, yeah. how, how do we make, we make this, this a little better? Yeah, absolutely. So you put a little boat tail on there. You change the ogive profile up, probably shrank the bearing surface a little bit. Yeah. The ogive uh, is a touch longer than the conventional, um, let's just say 50, 55, all the V maxes, yeah. just because the two, two, three has a little bit more head height or you can put a longer ogive in it than 22, 250. 22, is the cartridge yeah, that limits the, the ogive length of the projectile. That's Excellent. Great. So yeah, a little longer ogive, a little boat tail, yep. and you're picking up some speed, obviously with the 53 grain, and it's and loaded you, in our superformance formula. And then, you, and then Dave Emery applied yeah. superformance to it because obviously he was there. Yeah. So then he developed the load. Yeah. So now you're getting 100, 200 feet, somewhere in there, uh, foot per second more velocity Faster. out of it, and 
you know, and if, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Joe. I mean, I, I guess a two, two, three with the 53 grain is kind of my favorite. That's mine. That is mine now. Yeah. I just had, I have. So is there anything else you want to throw in there? The 22250, the, the 223, what are your, you got well, one you, more favorite cartridge that you like to shoot the VMAX from? So I love the 17. And the reason I love the 17 is because we go out, that's, that is the first gun oh, that kids. the kids pick up. The first gun that they grab. Not the gun with the suppressor on it, whatever, they grab the 17 because <laughs> it is so much fun. Yep. So those would be my, I mean, this right now, 223, 17, 22, Those are my top three. And NRL Hunter is going to have a little rimfire uh, oh, match. How cool is that going to be? So like, how fun? Be fun. Yes. So on Super Fridays, cool. uh, before the centerfire match kicks off on Saturday and Sunday, there's going to be rimfire matches at a few kind of the test bed this year to yeah. see how that goes i hope we see kids out there yeah like right bunches of, i mean that's what a great way to sharpen the skills because well, they'll have a they'll have a get 17, them introduced yep. yeah they'll have a standard 22 lr and then they're going to have a magnum class as well so you can shoot 22 mag or, or 17? 17 hmr man i hope we see lots of kids doing that, that i hope, be so I hope cool. we see lots of me doing that <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly that sounds like well, a yeah, good time a, i'm a kid too i guess basically but yeah. I mean, that's the premise. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about the NRL Hunter and obviously uh, the NRL 22 stuff. I mean, you get people out there now, <laughs> you know, people who are really competitive with the, the NRL 22 matches are not shooting just standard off the shelf guns. Right. But, and, but the NRL Hunter 22 and 17 HMR, I mean, that's going to be a different deal. Mm-hmm. That's going to be set up for like a practical application like you're out hunting. So yeah, that'll be absolutely. fun. Absolutely. It'll be yeah. super fun. Now, Neil, before we get off on any other tangents, if you've got a yeah a, a golf bag of golf clubs, what are your favorite cartridges to that feature the VMAX bullet? Yeah, I mean, if we're doing a, a Prey Dog shoot, definitely 17 HMR. Um, I don't have a uh, I I don't have a 17 Mach 2 myself, but that's another kind of fun one. Um, but yeah, I'd go 17 HMR, 204 Ruger. And then I might go to something like a six Creed or something like that. If oh, we're with the start 87? Reaching out, 22 250s in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go. I mean, you got to have an AR. That's just, you know. Yeah. yeah. Or two or three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that shoots them. I mean, you know, it's a high, prairie dogs are high volume pursuit. Yeah. But then, yeah, you go shoot uh, coons, you go shoot any varmints at all. It's always going to be a VMAX. Yeah. No matter so the, what. The best one, though, while we're on this, I have to share. So back in the day, I'm shooting prairie dogs in Wyoming. And. I have a 22250 and my dad had a 243, but I loaded all the ammo and did it. When the 75 VMAX come out for the 243, yep. and he was shooting some other like hollow point bullet or whatever. Anyway, I loaded those 75 VMAX 243. 4,000? You have never, no, they weren't that fast, but oh. you have, because of the mass of the mm. bullet and the violent expansion, yeah. you have never seen Prairie Dog do tricks that they do <laughs> when you shoot it with the 243. Yeah. It yeah. was, I'm just telling you, there's something special about that. They, it was neat. Yeah, yeah, so, a little bit more energy plus but, the, the the speed. Yeah, yeah that's it, good combo. It was, so it's one thing we noticed right away, and it killed coyotes. I mean, yeah, yeah, they they were dead. Yeah, well, that's, that's obviously important. I mean, it, especially for guys that are you know running contests, and there's a lot riding on on success there. Absolutely. So, but for, those those six right. mils are just so they're like a shortened match bullet. They are mm-hmm. so efficient and so good. Yep. All around. And it was like, fun you know, shoot. the people that would go up, uh, like, okay, Les Johnson back in the day when he'd go up to Canada, you know, people would switch from shooting their twenty two caliber rifles and they'd go up there. It was typically back then a two forty three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Absolutely you wanted wrong. something bigger. The coyotes were bigger. Um, 
they wanted something with a little more impact. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think for me, I didn't shoot a ton of Emaxes growing up. We did shoot some, um, but again, the, the prey dogs, you know, a lot of them got poisoned off. And so I didn't shoot a ton of V-Maxes. If we were shooting a coyote or whatever, it was with my 257 Roberts with 117 SSTs. Uh, but when I really started shooting prey dog here, which is in the last few years, uh, I, I picked up some trends and my, my best three golf clubs would be at the bottom, the 204 Ruger. I went most of my entire life having never shot a 204 mm, yeah. Ruger. It just didn't, I, I couldn't justify buying a firearm because I just didn't, you know, my 257 could do it. And then I, you know, you 308 and whatever else and 6.5 Creedmoor. Man, that was such an eye-opening moment when it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to shoot some prey dogs. If it was inside of 400 yards, yeah, put it on his head and squeeze. And no recoil. You can literally yeah. watch the bullet get there. It was this. I shot the snot. I made up for the years that I didn't shoot a 204. In the last two summers, I've made I've made up for it. I <laughs> uh, just burned down some guns. So the 204 to me was just holy cow. This is amazing. And then also the 22-250. I never grew up shooting the 22-250. Never had an affinity for that. Going from the 204 Ruger just to the 22-250 and picking up some bullet weight and picking up BC when the winds were really blowing you could really see the difference on those longer dogs, the three, the 400 yard, the 250 yard. In some instances, when the wind was really blowing, you could really see the difference. And so uh, that those two cartridges in tandem, just, man, there's not a lot you couldn't do. And then my third choice, these were hand loads, but I, it quickly became my, my go-to for anything varmint is the six millimeter arc and an 87 grain VMAX. Yeah, sure. And I've shot 75s as well. I shot... Mm-hmm. Uh, coyotes in South Dakota with the 75 and prairie dogs with that same bullet but I really like the 87 out of a 6 arc gas gun okay I have some bolt guns and man that 6 arc and a bolt gun with an 87 that wind could be blowing typical Wyoming winds and man it was manageable Uh, and you can hit those long dogs I mean we shot dogs out to 700-800 yards and certainly inside of a quarter mile it was just oh my gosh I loved it and uh that little cartridge that could, by the time you, you know, you reduce the bullet weight into a V max 87 or even a 75. Wow. It yeah, was, that's a- you re- you really see the difference in picking up BC when you jump from a 204 Ruger, which is blindingly fast, but in a 25 mile an hour wind, you slow the speed down, but you pick up some BC with the six arc and it, it became really noticeable. Yeah. We just fulfilled a promo order for Al Morris. And uh, so he's shooting factory guns cause I think yeah. he's still working with Ruger, but so and it's going from 6.5, 6 Creed, down to the Grendel, I think, and then 2.2.3, you know. So, I mean, it he runs the every gamut. Stop. So, but, you know, the 6 Creed's another great one for, again, you know, your, your coyote contest guy, you know, it, the fur is Mattered, one thing, yeah. but, man, you want them dead. Or yeah. maybe you live in a spot where you don't keep the, you know, they aren't worth anything. Yeah, now, or, like here. or yeah. you're shoot or, you know, everybody and their brother – Kudos to Fox Bro. They've done a great job, but everyone and their brothers got a got a call, and uh, not everybody is as good at employing them as others. And you know, back to the Les Johnson thing. Man, if a coyote came in when we were hunting and it didn't get killed, he was mad. Yeah, I mean, mad. <laughs> just, I mean, not just at the situation. I mean, yeah, educated that dog. Yeah, that that dog. Yeah. He he theorized will never come into a call ever again. At least not that sound, regardless. But. Mm-hmm. You know, so he wants them dead. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you've got to you've got to get after it. But 
what I was getting at is that, you know, dogs have heard sounds and noises and might hang up and kind of do the little head. Yeah, they sit down. The little head and twerk, you. you know, yeah, left and booger. right. I hate the booger bark, man. They see sit what's on their going own. on. So, yeah, you might need to reach out there at this point in time. And then another good one, another good cartridge is still a Wildcat. <laughs> Obviously, we, we make brass for it, but the 22 Creed, there's a lot oh, of people running 22 Creed. Yes, Creed's. there is. That is, yeah, you know, it's it's not an adopted cartridge by official standards, but there are a ton of shooters out there. Yeah, on, on that coyote side, it's, a, it's yeah. obviously oh, it's, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. well, that Creedmoor case has a lot of fuel tank, and, and when ran appropriately, you can put a good amount of fuel in there and run a bullet that bucks the wind and is just as flat as a pancake. Yeah, you got a big 80 grain yeah. point and shoot. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. it's just a cruise missile at that point. Yes, I mean, it, it really is. And the, you know, we've, we've saw the, the, the brass really become into high demand just within the last couple of years. Uh, so much so that, yeah, we easily justify producing the brass. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I built one of those here just as a while ago. I don't shoot it anymore. Uh, but man, it was superbly accurate it was a fun cartridge yeah scott shreve you know scott mm-hmm. right in yeah. wyoming so Charlotte he's scott. yeah he's a good dude part of our crew anyway scott's a big 22 creed guy as well and he's shooting those wyoming dogs up in the up in the snow and yeah and then jeff nimnick he's a big ar guy he loves the 53 grain two two threes on. only yeah that's yep. what jeff said two two three 53 grain v max which Don't I mean, anything else? You no, know, several hundred yards, you're good to go. And if you're good no. at calling, the goal is to get him in close. Yeah. And he's got the AR, AR, and he shoots it so well. Well, I, mean, I was going to say, he, you got to get him in close. And Jeff's a naturally good shot. shot. There's running, videos of him shooting running, running dogs. dogs. Yeah. He piles them up. It's crazy. And uh, to go into the coyote thing, I know we've mentioned coyotes quite a bit. We spent a lot of time talking about prairie dogs, but one thing that I know tickles my fancy as and yours as well is how the coyote hunting world. And the precision rifle world have really kind of met in the middle. Yeah. You know, a lot of us that are in the precision rifle Mm -hmm. game use the same equipment and the same tactics for hunting coyotes. And, you know, it's about about being a rifleman. Yeah, it is. And that's my take on it. It's like, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I went to high school out in Western Nebraska and, you know, it's, it's that's rifleman country. I mean, certainly people are tree hunted back in the day. Good with the steel. and, And still do, obviously. But yeah. Got to be handy with the steel, if you know what I mean? But, yeah, it's rifleman country, and, and I think people that are, yeah, shooting coyotes, shooting uh, mule deer, shooting elk, all that stuff. I mean, coyotes, prairie dogs, all that. It, that that's that's rifleman pursuits. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, one of our sponsored guys and good friends, uh, Tate Streeter. Yeah. Tate, obviously, impact actions and, you know, world-class precision rifle competitor. And a world-class good guy. So, if you're listening to Tate... Yeah, yeah, and he really is a world-class gentleman, and, and he personifies that coyote hunter and precision rifleman. Yeah. Um, and he's shooting six Creedmoors, hand-loaded 87s, Sevens. also at the speed of light, uh, faster than the speed of light from the sounds of <laughs> yeah, it. probably. Uh, anyways, and, and in these competitions, they're not in these competitions just for fun. They're, mm. There's money there's, at stake, and in some instances, there's, there's quite a bit of money. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's not necessarily about the VMAX per se, but, you know, so, so coyote contests, the, the price of fur has dropped, obviously. The demand for furs has changed. So coyote contests are a great avenue to help promote coyote hunting, get people out there to go. To manage the. To kill these deer killers. and Yeah, coyote. So yeah. the other one I hope people Pheasants, start doing more turkeys. of is, is like coon contests because yeah. you don't get much for a coon, but boy, a coons are rough on so many yeah. things. Well, the, the turkey population, we're spoiled here in Nebraska because our turkey population is so great. But, uh, yeah, 
unmitigated raccoon populations, you know, they're they're eating <laughs> eggs and, and and what and one of our guys that loves to do that is old Monty Monty DeBoer. He loves to get out raccoons. That's his thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it. Yeah, daytime, nighttime, whatever. But and that's also a lot of fun too to to go out and and especially with kids and things to, to yeah. shoot coons. That's a blast. Yeah, and again, no market for that basically at all to sell those things. But for as a conservationist, you know the the raccoons yeah. and the coyotes, we do have an obligation yeah, to hunt them because people aren't trapping as much as they used to. So. Yeah. Contests are a good way to incentivize it, yeah. I think. Well, our camera guy right behind here, uh, he doesn't have a headset, so I'll try to replay the story for him. Yeah, uh, coon uh, killer. So, yeah, just just as just the other day, uh, him and his uh, wife are at home. They live out in the country. <laughs> She's in the living room doing jazzercise, so he gets kicked out of the house. So he takes a, a thermal, 223 AR, 53-grain uh, VMAX, super-performance ammo, and goes out to see what's, you know, what's going out. After dark, hits the call and he's got coons. He can see the coons with the thermal, and he actually had a raccoon attack the call. He's nodding his head behind you yeah. right now. <laughs> come, come running right up on it, about to take the fort. Ran over the call, realized this isn't right, and then boot scooted off. And and Jed caught him on the way out. But uh, there, can you you know you, you can imagine that story in your head being there. How fun that is when you're at night thermal. And, you know, it attacks the call and it's it's just cool. There's just a fun factor to that, that, that again, puts giddy smiles on grown men's faces. And that's yeah. this kind of stuff and, that you go our, to hell and for. Our, and our buddy Seth McGinn in Kansas would love people to shoot the, the heck out of them too, because they're rough on the, on the, the deer feed, you know? <laughs> well, those coons <laughs> in Kansas are Boone and Crockett. Boone and Crockett. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're, they're they look big. at you and, you know, have a gold chain and a baseball bat and tell you, you owe them some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're, well, yeah. maybe not Boone and Crockett, but for sure, you know, you get them in the SCI book for sure. Yeah. I don't know if Boone and Crockett will recognize them, but they're big down there, at least the ones I saw. Yeah, they're well-fed. Yeah, they're yeah. well-fed. I've shot some big coons in Iowa, too. Corn-fed coons, man. <laughs> That's a very Midwestern thing, yeah, the corn-fed coons. And the VMAX, perfect bullet yeah, for them. Works great. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, th- I wonder how many, it's probably more than I appreciate, but I wonder how many... Um, varmint hunters understand that those coons will respond to those calls on the fox pro you know you get the fighting coons uh and that can be just as or more exhilarating than hunting coyotes in some cases they will climb right in your lap yeah yeah and the next thing you know you're fist fighting and they got a prison shank and it's a a brawl (laughs) those big ones do yeah coming to get you yeah yeah uh so to again before that devolves uh to, to go back to a technical thing, explain to our listeners, Joe, why some of our VMAX bullets will feature a cantaloupe and some don't. Uh, some of them are, so ARs are a, a good example. Crimp a little bit of the cartridge case in the cantaloupe for magazine-fed, you know, semi-automatic okay, gas impingement or piston. Explain that, though, because some folks might not understand. I mean, it's a, um, it's, yeah, if you just buy factory equal, ammo. Yeah, so the you can crimp the case mouth into the cantaloupe and give some resistance or um you, you can't push the bullet back in there when it's fed out of the amazing magazine it hits yeah, the feed ramp it jams and stuff. into a feed ramp and then so it's just it's a reliability thing yeah it's okay, to hold the bullet in place hold the bullet in place yeah. function, so, it doesn't, so it doesn't move in the cartridge case function and reliability is why yeah. we put them on there got it so that's why you'll see a 55 grain v max as a non-cantler and, and a cantlered option yep got it uh, there's a lot of them that way. Yep. I mean, depending on what they're loaded in, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then for factory ammunition, we'll pretty much cut a cantler on every bullet that's going to the factory ammo plant. A lot of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of them. Yep. Yeah. And that's for the same reason. 
Yeah, because it doesn't doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't. The bullet still shoots good, expands. It doesn't simply. If uh, anything, it probably expand a little faster when it hits that 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 cantilever portion. It, yeah, it tears it apart. But yeah, and the cantilever does in some cases it might weaken that thin jacket too. So that's part of it as well. Awesome. But the other one, so you know, as far as our ballistic app goes, so you know, folks, we use a conventional tip in our in our V maxes. Um, we we've done a lot with the peach shield tip and, and many of our other bullets at this point, but you know, maybe touch on that because yeah, the, it, there's, there's relevance and, and why you would use a heat shield tip and then, and why not? And people might, you know, the layman might look at this and say, well, look, I'm shooting yeah, it's a going, high performance. It's going fast, oh, high performance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I went rounds and rounds and rounds years ago with a lot of people about how a heat shield tip doesn't benefit a VMAX bullet. Joe would love your, your dissection of that. Yeah. So the, the as we've been over in the past, the the heat shield um, tip was designed to not deform under aerodynamic heating. So anytime a bullet is fired at supersonic speeds, the the very point of the bullet sees in fact some pretty high temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, the, in order for the degradation of the tip to take place, the bullet has to be in flight for some amount of time yeah. to get the heat transfer. Yes, the VMAXs are going super fast. And retain that velocity. Yeah. yeah. Blistering fast. Blistering fast. But the they're so fast, and they're not going usually that far, and they slow down quickly because they're not super high BC bullets in the big scheme of things, mm-hmm. that they slow down fast enough, and they're so fast, they're already at the target by the time any heat transfer takes place. So there's the heat... heat sh- we've shot them. We've made them. The heat shield tip doesn't... Doesn't gain, It doesn't gain you anything, so we use that's why we use the conventional um and the, tips and, that and there's there's increased cost with the different tip sure absolutely so yeah i mean that, if there that's was part of it like in that that cost has to go to the consumer and and the max bullets are shot but i mean yeah in volume yeah, in volume, and yeah. i mean it's just, it, if there was a if there was a marked performance advantage we'd be doing we'd it. be doing Do, it. absolutely it's just I mean, we're not, all users of the product so. i mean it's it's marginal at best it's not it's, it's not, not we couldn't the even, juice isn't worth the squeeze it's couldn't not, even couldn't even hardly measure it yeah so so that's a thing yeah. so but in our in our app we do have our bc calculator our conventional bc calculator so you can use that use our you can use the ammo uh calculator or pardon me the ammo library if you want to as well sure but then you can use the standard bc calculator if you want to use that as well For but it's not in the shots. ford offside right yep and and not necessarily applicable if you're going to be shooting something that far away yeah jump yeah, into a bullet that is in the ford yeah. off Exactly. Awesome. Is there anything else, guys, around the VMAX bullet um, that you want our listeners to know or hear about before we wrap this thing up? Accuracy standards are, are high. I mean, we, we hold them to very tight tolerances, and we test them extensively. I mean, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're you know, not the – I mean, we have, we have multiple uh, match-accurate hunting bullets, but this one's kind of kept to that standard all the time. Yeah. And, and – and thankfully, shoots that way all the time too. They're just yeah. just th- by nature of their construction, they're yeah. accurate. They're it's easier to make. Easy to make too. Easy to make accurate. Too. Yeah, easy to make accurate. yeah, yeah. they seems like yeah. You turn press A two on making fifty fives, and it spits out incredibly accurate bullets. Well, yeah. and it starts with that amp bullet jacket. I mean, the 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 match accurate or the match amp bullet jacket is a big part of why it's easy to make shoot accurately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those jackets are the cornerstone for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Well, guys, I hope you get a chance to go out and use some VMAX bullets here while the furs are good. Not that that really matters anymore with the current market conditions, but it always is cool are, to shoot a big furry male 
when we've got snow this year so the yeah. i'm telling you right now we've shot some beautiful dogs this year love it. they're bleached out they're good look we've been cold and we got snow so they look really good so yeah if people can get out and shoot them they're good looking this year i've only shot one coyote so far and it was uh it was with the bow wow. <laughs> hey <laughs> oddly enough <laughs> yeah any way you can get them yeah, yeah that's <laughs> absolutely that's the universal if you see a coyote it must die yeah you'll never but kill them it's, all you know it's gonna be february here pretty quick yeah. So it's go time. It's prime time right yeah. now. It's, it's prime time. Like, get out there, shoot some coyotes. If you don't get out there and shoot coyotes, the spring and fall is coming. Those prairie dog pups will be out here in just a few months. And uh, yeah, May, June, it'll be good time for, for getting out there and laying down some prairie dogs. Yeah, for sure. That is the game plan for me, at least. Absolutely. May. I love shooting in May. Yeah. Not too hot. Pups dogs are, are out. out. Yep. Well, guys, I appreciate you sitting down and, and discussing the VMAX with me. You know, that's one of the hallmarks of Hornady manufacturing, you know, a lot of folks out there that I've talked to, you think Hornady, you associate it with the VMAX bullet. Yeah, sure. that's, a, that's a fact. I mean, it is. And it, like you said, it's a cornerstone. It, it's part of, I mean, look, it's, it is what it is because of the way it's made um, and the success that people have had with it for 30 years or whatever we're at now, you know? 20, yeah, it has been that long. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah. Nearly three decades. That's that's pretty awesome. Proof's in the pudding. It wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be a product around today, 30 years later, if it just it wasn't work, yeah. working. Yeah. And it works. Awesome. Well, everybody out there, hopefully you enjoyed this deep dive into the VMAX bullet. It's one of our favorite bullets here. Certainly our favorite for shooting varmints. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll catch you on the next one.